Welcome to Playing With Fire, the podcast for people who are ready to custom build their love. We're talking about non-monogamy, however you design it, as an individuation opportunity. Want to leave the default and make your life spectacularly you? You're in the right place. We have a question to start off the show. I love questions. Uh, Questions are my love language. This question is one that I get asked, but I usually get asked it less directly. Usually I get asked this question more as a statement of truth. Someone has an opinion and they just state it. And then we dig into the question. So I'm instead going to start us right off with the question. Okay. What's the question? Which is better? To start off with a solid, secure, relational foundation with my primary partner and then open? Or to begin my open foundations and build them solidly from the beginning with someone always open? Now, frequently people are asking this question because they have a they have a foregone conclusion. Usually that has to do with either previous experience that they've had directly or much more commonly what they imagine would be the best practice. Okay. I see the dubious look on your face. There's a very dubious look. Which is better? The dubious look starts right at that point. But um, in your professional opinion, what are your thoughts? My, My professional opinion is that it depends on what you're trying to build. Because I can't answer that question without a whole bunch more information. So one of the things that I ask right away is, well, tell me what you want your relationship life to look like. What are your relational values? What is, in your opinion, the foundation, these solid foundations you're talking about? What are they? Um, What is it that you would need to know was solid in order to open? How would you know? How would you get there? Um, I have about 150 more questions, but I think I'll stop asking questions now. So this reminds me of a question that you have asked our kids about figuring out what they were going to do with their lives. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you ask them, how do you want to spend your days? Yeah. How do you want to spend your day is so much more valuable a question. Yeah. Because... What kinds of things do you want to spend your day doing? We would... A lot of people will ask little kids that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And they often are totally glazed over. They're like, whoa, what what is that? What kind of, what does it even mean to be a grown up? We're raising Gen Z kids. They're pretty circumspect about all this. But also, it's just not relevant. I want to know how they want to spend their day. Yeah. And that is exactly the right. (laughs) That's a brilliant um, next step. Tell me how you want to spend your time. Yeah. What do you want your relationships to look like? Not just what do you want your relationships to look like, but if you just take at the premise, um, the idea that these these two positions, one where you're starting from a position of um, ensconced um, and practiced monogamy, and now you're opening it, and the other where you're starting from, we don't have any relationship practices, yet together we don't have a norm but we want to build one together you're going to spend your time differently you're going to spend your days differently you're going to have different relational scenarios come up you're going to have different questions you're going to work through different problems you're going to work through different stressors you're going to learn different things about each other you're going to undergo different nervous system regulation issues 
And you, there is no better. There cannot be a better because it's going to depend on how you want to spend that time and also on what's available. So you and I met. Oh, you know, I, <laughs> I forget to think about that sometimes. Right. Like some of this is a completely abstract theoretical discussion um, that is, and, and the practical things are about, yeah, what's available? What, what is possible right now? What's possible? In your life, in your context. Right. So <laughs> if, I, if I am currently in a, a, a deeply monogamous but curious relationship with someone I really care about, um, well, I'm not going to end that to I'm not going to end that so that I can go explore. If my partner's willing to go explore with me. You're not going to start over. Like just and, because without mm -hmm. even asking the question. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds ludicrous to me. At least ask. I mean, I asked and I got a, a firm no from my first husband. And so I did move no. on. Mm -hmm. But, but the, but that feels obvious. Like, well, you're not going to throw away that relationship, right? Well, well, Maybe. I, I found that, in fact, I, I no longer fit in that relationship. However, what if you're currently single and you meet someone and they want to be open and you're open to being open? Well, now it becomes pretty obvious, like, well, let's, I guess let's figure this out. But a lot of people have shown up in my space saying, well, we're trying to start from scratch, open. We're trying to start this whole relationship and everywhere we look, People are talking about how do I open a relationship from this monogamous position to something else. And that is, in fact, what I specialize in because that, I mean, that's, it's everywhere and it's an easy to describe scenario. But you and I started open. Yeah. There was no other option for me. In my case, it was, well, the person I have feelings for is married and in an open relationship. And so... I am too now. <laughs> Welcome to polyamory. <laughs> that was what was available. Right. And so that was, okay, which is better? Well, in that circumstance, the one that was possible. <laughs> in that circumstance. And, and I guess the, so the, um, the other option for me would have been to go. So after my divorce, then go start down the relationship escalator with someone. And then from there attempt to open that's pretty funny um very often we talk about going up the relationship escalator and you just described going down the relationship escalator which the thing is it was a pretty accurate description of what was happening in that relationship oh, at is. that time well you know it's funny i just had a call with somebody earlier today and she she said it that way too uh -huh. and i was like oh we both okay yep i just did too there yeah. is so i actually don't dislike the relationship escalator in all scenarios i think that some people really enjoy that um, that trajectory of ever increasing interdependence and exclusivity. There's um, and that's there's fine. a lot that's of predictability to it. And if it's working for and, you, great. Yeah. That's fine. But let's just turning back to that question of which mm -hmm. is better. Um, now I want to know how you want to spend your time because I see two different scenarios. They share something really important in common, though. And that is that in both cases, you still want to learn the skills of excellent relating. You still want to learn what some of the best practices are for doing open relationships, what some of the possibilities are. 
and you're going to need to learn vocabulary, you're still going to have to unlearn some monogamous stuff because wherever you've been before, unless you've always been open um, and that's all you grew up with and that's all you're surrounded with, there's still just all the monogamous stuff around you. We live, that's the zeitgeist. That's the paradigm. That's what we're in. So we still have to unpack that. So since you're going to need this shared set of skills, I don't so much worry about that. And in fact, in my group programs, some people are starting out from that position of we're building something new and we're, here we go. We don't know exactly what we're doing, but we're building this together and we know we want to be together and we know we also want to encourage what um, a traditional marriage counselor might call extra dyadic pairings. <laughs> I don't really know what to do with you that You mean phrase. like having friends? Oh, oh uh, it's a different uh, so episode. A line from John Mulaney, but it is... So there's the thing. What if it is just about having friends? When and I'm first dating it, someone, I don't always know the difference because I'm not going to want to have sex with everyone I go on a date with. So... And yeah. I've been in plenty of relationships, particularly earlier in my life, where just friends were a complication. Just having friends was a complication in the relationship. Sure. Because nobody really knows what a line is. We just imagine it and go from there. Well, and, you know, I was just having a conversation. So I just um, recorded an, an episode of Sex and Psychology um, with Dr. Justin Laymiller. And he said, yeah, I, I, um, I've started to think of wedding gifts as parting gifts because my friends uh -huh. check out they leave so absolutely monogamy does not protect us from the reality that um any other any any third you know, whatever kind of relationship they have could potentially be seen as an interference mm -hmm. and so the the skills of multiple relating they're they're just good skills they're good life skills so we're gonna have to learn those either way and then there's the this so what are but what are you going to need to do differently and you and i have had very different experiences along this line yes because you've been like very aware of your openness and your non your non-conformity yeah. to monogamous standards very You're very um pretty much very open life. very relaxed of the concept of monogamy, not very attached to it and not very friendly. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't maintain a lot of friendships. But I think it's interesting when you say not very attached to the concept of monogamy. I think a lot of people imagine that, um, a man who looks and sounds like you, right? So you, you identify as, um, gender fluid, but you read as a cis het white male. Yeah. Pretty much head to toe. Right. That's yeah. how that's how you read. Mm -hmm. And I think when people hear you say, I've always held kind of loosely to monogamy, I think people expect that what you mean is you like to fuck around and find out. And yet And that's yet that's not, not actually how I've approached my every life. every woman I know who you've been in a relationship with has experienced you as a person who's like, You should have the life you want. Do you like to have sex with other people? Go for it. Do you, whatever, you do you. You tend to be a little bit more solitary. So your, your <laughs> tentative grip on monogamy was always about, you just don't really like abstract rules that don't really seem to make any sense to you. Not about you actively wanting to go out and have a bunch of sex, which right. is I think what people imagine. Yeah, yep. Is I want to go slut it up 
and go sluts. I'm, I'm totally here for that. Being a self-identified slut myself, yes. But the reason I'm making a point of that is when, when we're talking about opening from the position of we're a pair, we are, we are a pair, we are the couple, and we're talking about opening, often what we're trying to do is loosen the, the bonds, loosen the grip, the grasp, the, the claws that monogamy has around us. Because the claws aren't around us, they're around our imagination. Yeah. And trying to loosen that so that there's enough space so that we can have other relationships. And those relationships might be sexual, sure, um, but they might also just be emotional, we call those friendships, generally speaking. Yep. They might be about creating new opportunities that we can't even really imagine within that um, divided up nuclear family life. So as an iconoclast, <laughs> that, that just seems like it has been your way. You've lived that way. Whereas I, mm, while I am a weirdo and always have been, I was seeking safety in knowing. I've always sought safety in knowing exactly what's happening. And so monogamy for me, even though I did have a couple of episodes of, of cheating in college, I was engaged while I was in college, and I, I, so I cheated on my partner. Um, I went behind his back, and I had sex with other people twice. And um, even though that happened... I lived by the rules of monogamy because I thought they kept me safe. And so when I wanted to open that marriage, many, many years later, after lots of repair had been done, actually, um, when I wanted to open that marriage, I didn't have what you had. You had an open imagination. So for me, that the opening was a, not just about learning skills, but was also about Wow, having to expand my imagination of what relationships could be and how we could be safe and how we could feel safe if we didn't have monogamy protecting us, which by the way, it wasn't doing. I mean, I cheated earlier and then I, I, and then I wanted to be polyamorous, which I'm sure didn't feel safe to him because, you know, he left. So, so yeah, <laughs> I didn't have what you have, which was, um, I don't know, there's something very generous about the way you hold relationships evolve they change they they just they become they're they're not fixed they're not fixed i i don't know exactly why but i came with the idea that um things could should be whatever they could be whatever you wanted them to be now i mean you said that i'm you know i'm head to toe cis white male looking person right and with that comes a lot of entitlement and privilege i heard you describing your um your your use of monogamy as a source of stability essentially yeah uh i wasn't looking for stability i had every, i carried around with me everything i needed <laughs> with my with my my white privilege and oh. entitlement and white male privilege and entitlement i did i was like well those rules don't have to apply to me because i'm safe either way so I can imagine past it. Oh, which is exactly how. So when, when you and I began our relationship, we did begin from a premise of openness. Like I, there was no other option. Um, if we were going to be together, it was going to be from an open position. And I was very excited about the potential, the opportunity to 
explore a new paradigm. But I didn't feel safe at all. And mm-hmm. in fact, I wasn't And you safe. weren't safe. I, I had housing instability. I had finan- massive financial instability. Um, I was then embroiled in the legal battles of a divorce. And so I didn't have safety. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to find any safety in my nervous system. I didn't know how to find safety in my outer world. So... And one of the reasons that you didn't have safety is that you started a relationship with somebody, me, who wasn't pursuing safety, who wasn't thinking about it, who wasn't looking for it for his partners. It's like, well, I'm safe. I'm sure you're safe too. And any like a whole litany of things that come out of my sense of innate safety that I consider to be... <laughs> because of the extremely privileged life that I had led up to that point and still do. Okay. I now have a whole different take on that original question. Which is better, to open something that's already together and do that from a solid place, or um, should we start from scratch? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not just about which, um, you know, how you want to spend your days, though I think that's part of it, but... um, yeah, let's, so let's contextualize this. What, yeah, is what is safe for you to pursue what do you where need you are? For yourself, for your safety. And so that there's so many layers to that. What is safe in your social realm? What is safe in your community? What is safe in your um if you are, you know, if you're in a racialized body, like what is safe for you? What is safe yeah. if you are financially unstable? Um we live in this wilderness of capitalism that that makes things more complicated Mm -hmm. there's also um what feels safe in my body yeah so which you bring from your life experiences and and what triggers your feelings of unsafety are different from other people's the more so that makes me think about how i could If I went back to that time, I could say, well, if I could have found safety in my body, if I knew how to regulate my nervous system, how to ask for support um, when I needed it, if I'd known how to do those things, it's possible that I would not have experienced some of my instability as as dysregulating Mm. as I did um, because I could have moved through the dynamic roller coaster that that was finding finding some level ground again but we can't take these things out of context also i don't know there's something to be said for just deciding which problem you want to have james hillman has that quote quote about like well which mess which mess do you want to work with you want to work with and When I'm working with clients, I frequently see people who they make the presumption that one way or the other will be easier. And often they presume that the other way, whatever other people are doing would be easier because they're currently going through struggles. And so they're like, so it's hard for me to open up. And here's all the reasons why it's hard for me to open up from this place of monogamy. So the struggles you don't know are easier than the struggles you know. I'm in these struggles and these are hard. I'm not sure what the struggles would be over there, but it sure seems like they're probably easier than the ones I've got right now. Right. Yeah. And, And that lines up with what I hear from people day in and day out who are unsure about whether the path they're choosing is correct, right, safe, um, 
but I think one of the underlying questions, one of the unset, unspoken questions is, will I be told that what I'm doing is wrong? Will my problems be held? Like, because just because I choose to do something, even if I choose to do the harder thing, does that mean I don't deserve support in doing it? I mean, that's a, that's a hard no for me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so one of the things I'm always working to foster is, so you, you make choices in your life and some of them will make it. Yeah, uh, objectively speaking, if we could weight and measure all of these things, some of the choices we make, make it harder. But it's always going to be a theoretical harder because we don't get to live out our life in multiple tracks all at once, um, or at least not in the consciousness that we currently hold. If there's a multiverse, I don't, I don't actually want to know about it. That sounds very, I'm already complicated enough. I don't need that. But since I don't get to know that, maybe the, maybe the best choice is to simply accept where you are and make a decision. Try some stuff. Find out how it goes. But a presumption I heard just this week when I was recording a show is, um, the host of the podcast I was on said, well, I've been open before and I've been monogamous. And right now what I'm looking for is monogamy. I'm looking to really make a solid foundation. I'm looking to go deep with one person and, and enjoy that. And maybe from there, I'd be willing to consider opening up. Okay, cool. So she knows what she's looking for. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a great place to start from. She knows what she's looking for. But what if the next perfect person that she meets with is just brings to that beginning stage of the relationship? Well, actually, I'm looking for depth that also has this kind of expansivity. Maybe that is going to sex clubs together. Maybe it is having a really deep, maybe they have a, a queer platonic best friend who's really deeply involved in their life. I there are so many scenarios. No, that doesn't mean, like, you can call, nope, then, then you are not the right partner for me. But, but there's also always the chance that you're going to meet someone and say, okay, this isn't what I was planning on, and this sounds risky. Am I willing to take the risk? Am I willing to explore what it would be like to be open or to explore openness with this person, even if I'm a little nervous, even if it doesn't fit the, um, even if it do doesn't fit the timeline I had mapped out for my life. Even if life doesn't go as you planned it to go. Right. Yeah. So, and all I mean is maybe it's less about deciding which is better and more about saying, I'm going to just, I'm going to meet my life the way, the way it is. And, and I'm going to make sure that I the one thing I want everybody to do is get full self-consent for whichever option you choose. So if you're a full no for opening, then let your full no be your full no. If you are not sure, if you cannot really give full enthusiastic consent, well, for me, that's the first pillar of successful opening up 
And whether that's opening from the beginning, from a place of, of I'm going out there as solo polyamorous, or whether that's open from the beginning, hey, I found a person and we want to build a primary dyad that also has other connections, or whether that is we are deeply intertwined and we want to open. No matter which place you're in now, if you don't have self-consent to enter into this process, that's where the trouble is going to come from. And that's so really hard. What And what I hear you saying is that everything that you said up till now, from the question of uh, which is better, um, seems to me to require or it will be vastly improved the more self-knowledge you have, the more reflection you have on what you're looking for, what you need, what you want. Because that, that full, that, that full self-consent, I can't, like the places where I haven't dug deep into myself, I don't always know whether I have it. Right. Okay. So there's the trick. When I say full self-consent, I'm saying, do you consent to be in the mystery? Do you mm. consent to go on the adventure? Can, do you agree that you are exploring this way, even though you know that might mean that you have to end a relationship after you start it. Even though you know that this might not work out the way you hope. Because if, if I can enter into a process of exploration saying, it is me, I am choosing this exploration. I am deciding. In, in, so in my world, I might say, can, do you consent? Ken, do you consent to exploring opening with me for this year? Do you... In, do you consent to coming in and stating your boundaries when you meet one, when you, when you come up and learn something new about yourself and saying, oh, that's actually a hard deal breaker for me? Do you consent to, to exploring parts of yourself that currently you don't even know are there? Because if you can do that, then we can go on the adventure together. I see. But it requires you to take responsibility for for joining that exploration. And I, in order to say yes to that for, for myself, I would have to, um, I would have to accept the risk and my responsibility for having accepted the risk. So when, if, when the thing happens that was not planned and not, and I didn't understand that about myself. And you didn't even know it could happen. And I didn't yep. even know it could happen. And then, um, and, and you said it, that uh, can I, um, you know, draw my boundaries when I find them. And I would have to accept the responsibility for saying to you, this, this is a boundary for me. And letting your response to that boundary be whatever your response is. Yeah. Cause there's versus altering my boundary based on your response, which is a, a violation of myself to myself. Right. Mm. And, and here's the work of it. Really, when I'm helping people open, generally what we're doing is going on an exploration of our self. We're going on an exploration absolutely out in the greater world, but also of, of all these questions we didn't know to ask yeah. and we didn't know how it would feel when we got asked. And we're going to find out what it feels like to, um, yeah, to set boundaries, to receive a no. We're to going receive to receive a no too. Yeah. Yeah. So conscious relationship, whether you're entering into it um, with the intent to open 
all the things in all the ways, or you're just exploring in a more, um, in a, in a more selective sense, it requires you to be in an ongoing discussion of, of what you're consenting to. And that discussion isn't just between you and your partner. It's between you and yourself. What am I showing up to? Am I here? And am, am I able to regulate well enough to stay present to this? Yeah, this, um, well, <laughs> frankly, sometimes dysregulating experience because yeah. we can't actually do something new without experiencing the dynamic flow of our nervous system, the dynamic flow of our relationships and our sense of safety. And the, the nature of an exploration is encountering the unknown. Right. And the unknown is often dysregulating. So we, so the thing I usually am encouraging people to do is, can you be comfortable just staying in the unknown for a while? Can you be comfortable? So whether you're going to start from your your safe bastion of monogamy and then and then essentially break it to see to see what you learn because that that's a beautiful adventure all in itself. Um, <laughs> you learn a lot. Or whether you're going to start from scratch and have to build something new without all the scaffolding that you. All the scaffolding is for some other kind of relationship. Oh, crap, what am I going to do? Either way, what you've got in front of you is the opportunity to get to know yourself in a new way, get to know people, not just a partner, but get to know people and how people work and stay in the yeah uncomfortable spot of not knowing. But if you can tolerate being in the unknowing for a while, um, you can also tolerate a lot of other things life deals out. I mean, being able to deal with the unknown and the unknowable is what lets me deal with the the incessant stream of grief and death yeah. that has followed me throughout mm -hmm. most of my life. Um, and also be present to the miracles of parenting so many children and to constantly undertake so much. I mean, I'm, I am constantly in school and learning and like being able to be in the unknown is what lets me do that. So my relationship with you and my relationships with other people while I'm also figuring out how to be in this. So I have this dyad with you and doing this. That's how I've been practicing. This is my lab that has made me an incredibly resilient human. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know that when I signed up. I thought I was signing up for some really good sex with a hot guy and um, a life with my best friend because, I, I mean, your, your current wife at the time was one of my best friends. That's what I was signing on for. That sounded fun. I didn't know I was going to get a master class in the unknown and the unknowable. Uh, but I did. And I wouldn't trade it. I would, I would, of course, undo a bunch of the ouch. There's a lot of the ouch that Not, and honestly, from here feels avoidable. And might even be, and yeah. the lessons that come out of any given one of them. Hey, it's why I do the work I do. Yeah. And it's why you show up. I mean, you you come and you stand in every group I teach currently. And you stand there as um, you bear witness and you bring decades of learning the hard way because you never had or sought out any guides. Yeah. Until I finally showed up and said, uh, dude, we're going to have to learn how to do this because I'm pretty sure we're screwing it all up. But yeah, it's made us really, really resilient, not just together, but independently. Yeah. And I tend to take more risks. 
Well, and I would say it's been, it's made me more resilient. It has <laughs> than um, you. The uh, you're talking about the the pursuit of the unknown, the 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 leaning into the unknown. In other words, learning, going to the places that you don't know things and finding things out. Yeah, that's learning. Uh, and I have tended to come at things as though I already know what I need to know, which keeps me from really leaning into the mystery. And the thing is, I love mystery, so I'm doing myself a disservice by coming at it that way. Um, but the two of us, the way we've chosen to do it is kind of a hybrid. Like, yeah. which way is better? Well, we've kind of done both. Yep. Because during COVID, there was definitely a period of like, oh, well, yeah. actually, this is functionally monogamy for yeah. like 16 months. Yeah. Um, except I had a really, really close best friend who I was deeply ensconced with. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that gets complicated. But also, um, I wouldn't trade the experience of mm, just starting from scratch and saying, okay, I guess we have to write the rules for this relationship. And I don't mean just the relationship agreement. I mean the rules. Like, how do I operate? Like, what am I even doing? What is a relationship anymore? What does it mean for me to relate to people? Right. You, I wouldn't them, trade children. having started. I felt like it was a little like base jumping at first. Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. So when people say, oh, no, I want... I definitely want my monogamous relationship first and then I'll consider opening it. I say, great. I mean, I will support you in doing that. And just know it's not the only way. And I wouldn't trade my experience for anything. And it's let us be incredibly creative um, in the years since. So it's been 13 years since that, which I can't believe it's been that long. Now, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. It's been 13 years plus at this point. And we've now tried so many different things. We've had so many different phases and stages. And I think one of the ways that it's been easier on us is we didn't sign up for one thing. We never had to say, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. Because um, what we signed on for was... What we signed up for was the exploration. <laughs> so whatever came along was what we were working on. Right. And, and playing so with. from the other side, Watching people carefully, thoughtfully, mindfully, consciously open areas of their relationship with really clear paths to restore and repair um, as they do that, it's beautiful. And I love helping people do that. Um, and honestly, um, granting them some of my... <laughs> My hard-won knowledge. So I went out base jumping so I can help them parachute, which definitely feels safer to them. Like, okay, this is all going to be controlled circumstances and we're going to do this really well and you're going to have a guide and I'll be right with you. There are very different experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sorry for ours at all, but um, yeah, I'm happy to be along for the ride from either direction. And I think it's important that you simply get in alignment with yourself so that whichever way you're approaching this, you know that it's you. It, you are approaching this. This is your process. You get to decide um, how, how you go, how fast you go, what domains you explore in. And you, if you can do that all, on top of that, if you can do that in community, all the better. All I the mean, better, absolutely. We have community for that. The year of opening is designed specifically to give people that community. But there are other options as well. And I would encourage you to make sure that you have more than just um, the monogamous paradigm. 
in your in your sphere while you're exploring because if you are doing something different whether you're opening or whether you are exploring from the start open the monogamous paradigm is still one of the biggest hurdles to overcome because it will it will color it's like putting a lens over everything so we have to continually remove that and say oh are we what happens to my imagination if i open if I take this lens off for a little while and see what it looks like and it helps if you're Mm -hmm. viewing that from the outside frequently when we hear someone else sharing their story even if it's so different from ours their story of how opening is shifting their dynamic or how it's making them ask different questions or how they're handling their feelings all of a sudden we're like oh oh these are just relational issues they're not they're not actually specific it's one of the reasons that i come and and stand in the groups i i like to offer what i have to offer but it is so important to me so valuable to hear other people talking about their perspectives and sometimes they'll basically say something that you or i have said to each other but it's someone else saying it and it changes the way it sounds and it's validating and it helps with my perspective of what i already thought i thought it's it's amazing. It's what, um, if if I was going to change something about how our relationship story has gone, it's that we would have had some community early on to to be in while we tried to figure this out. Absolutely. Okay. So the answer is there's no right way. You got to choose your path. Um, and I'd like to offer you support. And whether that support is through listening to this podcast or through joining the year of opening, which new cohorts are enrolling. Um, And I'm really excited about this because as the new cohorts enroll, I see the power of community Mm -hmm. in, in particular, in a guided exploration where we're all stretching and there is actually a plan. It's not just, it's not just hanging out and complaining and it is not (laughs) just saying, wow, this is hard. There's also encouragement to do some specific and necessary tasks and to learn the best practices. And I, I mean, I feel honored that I get to do this work with people, but also I just feel, I feel like in some ways it's also the work of going back and healing that, that mm-hmm. past self, my, my 33 year old self who had no idea what she was getting into and felt so alone, even though she was entering into this supposedly more relational stance felt so alone um so it's it's delicious for me and i'm so appreciating what it can accomplish for other people and what's coming back what we're what we're learning together as the first cohorts really start to say oh this is what's happening this is what's changing and there's been no right answer some are open already and some aren't but um everybody's exploring from an from that perspective of it's our adventure to have. Yes. It's ours to create. It's lovely. And thank you for dreaming that community into existence. Oh, well, thanks. It's a genuine pleasure. It really is. There's no one right way to design your relationship. And lots of people, actually about 25%, according to a recent national survey, are interested in some type of open relationship. But how do you know if you are ready to open up happily? Not everyone is, and that's no problem. 
I've got a 60 second quiz that will give you the answer. And even better, you'll walk away with your next step, whether you're good to go or not so much when it comes to opening up. And this is no BuzzFeed nonsense. I personally designed this quiz from my years of academic research. Go to joliquiz.com. That's J-O-L-I-Q-U-I-Z.com and find out if you're ready to open up happily and what to do if you are or if you're not.